everyone. Thanks again for joining us here today. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Uh, we have a very special episode here to discuss Availity's uh, acquisition of Diameter Health. And joining me here today is the CEO of Availity, Russ Thomas, and the president and CEO of Diameter Health, Mary Lanton. Thank you both for being here. Hey, Jared. Great to be here. Let's dive right into it. Would love, uh, Russ, you've been on in the past uh, one other time. So maybe everyone give us their like 30, 60 second intro on your backgrounds, and then we'll talk more about this acquisition. Yeah. Mary, you want to you wanna go first? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, President and COO at Diameter Health. I have a public health background. I've worked in multiple health IT startups uh, and really have a passion for data and analytics, um, really using data and analytics as the platform for change um, to really make an impact in improving quality and making our system more efficient. Um, and we'll talk about why Diameter is joining forces with Availity, um, but Diameter has been a great place to drive that mission forward and incredibly excited to be partnering with Russ and the broader Availity team. Yeah, and Jared, great to see you again. Russ Thomas, CEO at Availity. Um, my background is uh, is in health information. Uh, been at Availity now for over a decade, uh, which seems like a long time because it is, but I've enjoyed every minute of it. And um, really excited, uh, just like Mary, to, to partner with Diameter, do some really cool things in driving um, efficiency and effectiveness and improvements in uh, quality and in healthcare through this through this new relationship. Yeah, I was excited to to hear the news. Um, then I got pinged by a couple people saying, "Did you see the news?" I'm like, "I follow all this stuff." Yes, I saw the news. This is this is amazing. Um, and, and and also, you know, when when we have people on the on the show, I continuously follow them, right? So I'm going to see anything that Russ is attached to with Availity. <laughs> so um, it's always funny when people do that. Uh, what what I'm curious, I, I want to kick things off, and maybe we can start with you, Russ, and then Mary would love to hear your thoughts. Obviously, is you know, being um, the company that was acquired, how do you think this acquisition will disrupt healthcare? Yeah, Jared, thanks. Great question. Um, you know, there's no debate that that segments of healthcare, you know, certainly need disruption, and I think nothing more so than the administration of healthcare. Uh, you know, some recent data out of McKinsey, you know, tells us that you know, 25% of all healthcare costs are administrative cost. Um, just the processing of basic transactional workflows, you know, claims and, and those components of it are, you know, 6%, think of it like a 6% tax on every dollar of uh, spend in healthcare and, and growing. And that's just unsustainable. And when you look at why, I think a lot of that is because of the, 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 the antiquated ways that we go about sharing information, sharing data, engaging providers uh, with health plans and their patients around their um, medical uh, uh, status, right? Their clinical status. And um, we have built, as you know, a very, very robust, large network transacting, communicating, engaging between 2 million providers and you know, literally you know, every health plan. Um, I think we've done a really nice job in the sort of core administrative side of that equation, but we've um, just started to tackle the clinical uh, workflow, which is, as Mary will describe, you know, it's much more challenging, right? Because you're dealing with unstructured data, a lot less standard uh, standard concepts and data elements and, and such. 
And so, you know, just fundamentally, I think the combination of availability and diameter um, creates a platform through which to standardize uh, and bring life to uh, clinical data that today is uh, largely um, distributed and shared in, like I said, fairly antiquated ways, if at all. Uh, and I'm sure Mary will get into some of the specifics around, you know, how she thinks about it. And I'll be glad to do the same, but conceptually that for us, it's really that simple. It's, you know, we've got a great administrative financial uh, platform and now we're going to add at scale, uh, the, um, real time actionable clinical data to that, to that, um, data flow. And, uh, Mary would love your, your thoughts, uh, on this as well. Yeah, you know, um, as I as I joined Diameter, um, Diameter is a place where we have sought to, and I believe we've accomplished uh, to make data really accessible and organized and actionable. And as Russ had said, our focus has been on the clinical side. Um, and over the last decade, there is more data than we know what to do with. Uh, and really, how do you make that data useful? And the clinical data are dirty. Um, and it really has required a lot of expertise and, and years of investment from a research standpoint to be able to normalize that data, enrich the data, and organize it in a way that it can be used. Um, and so we have really focused on that upcycling of the data to make it valuable, to help. And we'll talk about you know the different ways that it can be used, but I truly think we're going to be disruptive because Availity is just the premier network from a <clears throat> from a data standpoint, sitting right in the middle uniquely as in t between the providers and the payers. Um, and if I had to think of a home for diameter to make an impact, we are at the cross-section of all the data and also are uniquely positioned together as we partner uh, to deliver intelligent data that's informed not just by the administrative data, but the clinical data to where it can really be used and, and make an impact. So I think it's really the combination of the clinical and claims but also having that engagement platform to get it to where it needs to be uh, to really make an impact. Thank you both for your, for your thoughts. Um, super, super exciting to hear. Um, I, I have a question, and I know part of your response into how this, is, uh, how this will disrupt healthcare, uh, you already probably answered parts of this, but I'm still going to just ask this because I'm curious. Can you, can both of you, we'll start with you, Mary, this time. Can you tell uh, me more about the value of actionable, real-time, and precise data and how that brings value to the whole industry? I know parts of both your answers had some of that in there, but let's kind of narrow yeah. in our focus here. Yeah, you know, I think access to real-time data matters in terms of being able to make an impact and in, 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 um, inform decisions before they're made. Uh, and I really see the impact of it having an impact across a number of axes, you know, both impacting payers and providers, but there are implications that help for a clinical standpoint in terms of driving care improvement initiatives and just care pathways um, from an operational standpoint, as Russ had mentioned, uh, the ability to reduce the inefficiencies. And from a financial standpoint, uh, just all of that downstream will improve from a financial standpoint performance. Um, so, you know, at a high level, there are different specific use cases underneath each of those buckets. Um, but it, it all starts um, really with having the best data that you can uh, understand and pull together at the patient and population level. I'm gonna kick it over to you, Russ. Yeah, my perspective, I, I agree with everything Mary said. And then, and then I just, you know, I, I take a 
you know, when it comes to these the to, to opportunities to drive um, improvement in the administration of healthcare, you know, one of the things I've learned in my tenure at Availity is um, you got to get there um, and show ROI fairly uh, quickly. Um, that's how you drive sustainability. That's how you take things from you know pilot point solutions to true scale. And um, I, I believe that the absence of actionable clinical data in the um, healthcare workflow, healthcare ecosystem, creates tremendous confusion, opportunity for subjectivity, um, and uh, a lot of randomness, right? And, you know, content is king, right? Information is king. And what we're really talking about doing here is, you know, bringing that information to life in use cases like automating authorization workflow, automating medical necessity workflow, the things that today result in, you know, phone calls and faxes and complete disruption of the encounter, right? If you sort of start with the premise that that a physician, right, or a provider wants to provide quality health care, and in the context of that process, right, that workflow, they have to jump through a variety of hoops with that patient's health plan to make sure that, you know, the procedure they want to engage in or the med they want to prescribe or, you know, the referral they want to make is authorized or approved or allowed. Today, the uh, way too much of that workflow is uh, still human driven, right? And it has to be automated. In no other sector of the economy would we tolerate the level of delay and inaction and frustration that we have in healthcare. So the the opportunity to bring that clinical data to life in the workflows that we that we are engaged in today um, will yield, I think, tremendous savings to both health plans and to um, providers, uh, and will significantly reduce the frustration and abrasion and uncertainty that you know, as you and I both know, Jared makes physicians crazy, right? You know, generally, like I said, start with the premise that physicians want to provide quality health care. Um, they want to do it within the the structure and the requirements of the of the patient's health plan. So now we are going to bring that process to life, bring it to real time, and hopefully eliminate um, a lot of the downstream complexity that uh, results from today's analog uh, workflow processes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Bill, so much. Um, I, I want to kick over. I'm looking for uh, an example from both of you, or maybe just from one of you, whatever you want to do with it. So in your answers, you, you were really alluding to, you know, the importance of clean data, right? That was part of the part of the question. Um, can you give us an example, though, of how, I guess, uh, providers and payers benefit from this clean data? No. Yeah. Yeah, Mary, you jump it because I think you talked about some of the upcycling work and how you pull yeah. that into use cases is, is a great example. Yeah. So if we take HEDIS reporting as an example, um, nope, it's done today. And we've worked with a number of payers that have had data go through our API, have, gone through, have used our leverage or API technology. And as a result of that process, it's really accomplished two things. They've, from an accessibility standpoint, um, gotten data more quickly. Um, and from a second standpoint, uh, have been able to identify clinical information that absolutely informs the complete patient picture. And so from a compliance standpoint, to Russ's point earlier, from an ROI perspective, you know, we've worked with payers where we've seen an increase in HEDIS measure compliance by up to 20%. Um, just because data that previously had not gone through diameters 
um, fusion engine, they weren't able to identify specific information about a patient. Um, and after having gone through the upcycling information, it fills in those gaps. Uh, and you know that you could play that out. That's a microcosm for what, how many other cases is it going to be helpful where you understand the full picture of what's happening uh, from a patient's for a patient from a clinical standpoint. Thank you so much. And I can already see the uh, the rapport you two have built. Um, the The biggest test is how do people on a podcast together take and, <laughs> and pass off questions? Yeah. It's a huge test. Like that was yeah. that was how I was judging this acquisition was how do they answer questions? Do they let the other one answer? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, let's kick over and we'll kick this one back to you, Russ, to start. And then again, yeah. Mary, we'd love your your thoughts. How will this acquisition support provider administrator burnout? This is something we hear all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I would love to hear your thoughts, Ross. Great, great question, Jared. So we spend a lot of time with our provider clients. I've personally been on a on a road trip, uh, road trips recently um, to go see some of our largest health system clients, and I spend a lot of time with our. We have a physician advisory board or a, a provider advisory board that is just awesome. Gives us great feedback on you know, what their frustration pain points are. And, you know, as you, as you know, right, from where you sit and all the people you talk to and engage with, um, there's just a lot of frustration in the administrative uh, back-end process, right? I was, without naming names, I was speaking to one of our larger health system customers, went out to, to visit them in Texas, and, and we're talking about the authorization process. I just use that one. That's one everybody loves to beat up on. I think rightly so. It's such a, a frustrating process for both providers and payers. And, um, we were sitting in a coffee shop across the street from the, the main hospital. And she goes, well, you know, I've got a building down the street there. And in that building, I have a hundred people um, who do nothing all day, but manage authorizations. I'm like, that's not possible. She goes, well, that it is possible. And that's what they do. And she goes, the problem is I can't keep the seats filled. So I'm having to build overtime. You know, I'm having to create overtime shifts. I'm burning people out. I'm losing people. She goes, why can't we automate this authorization workflow in ways that allow me to take my hundred, you know, down to 50 or, you know, even lower at some point um, and move those people to jobs that really bring value to the healthcare uh, system. Because today, no, no one would argue that, that people sitting in offices, you know, on both the payer and provider side, answering phone calls from each other to determine the, you know, whether an auth is approved, right, is bringing any value to the system. It's waste. It needs to be eliminated and it causes a ton of burnout. And I do think that, you know, one of the outputs of, of the COVID pandemic is it's made it harder to um, fill those uh, roles. And I think it's meant for providers that they've had to leave, you know, a lot of revenue, um, you know, behind, right? Because they literally don't have the the people to, you know, chase down the approvals, to, to, to manage the denials that come from some of that workflow. So, you can just feel how burned out they are um, with these, again, sort of analog, antiquated processes. And, and that's what we're targeting in this, uh, in our work together. Yeah. And the only other point I'd add is what's unique is the coming together of the clinical data, which they physically had to go get at times, you know, because yeah. in the silos that Russ had, had referenced, sometimes they're picking up, actually going and getting a piece of paper and, and looking for that. So that's eliminated from a burnout standpoint, but also... You know, in the authorization example, the benefit of having the clinical data as well as the claims data together 
to, to really just where there's a decision to be made, the time will be spent where it needs to be made versus trying to go get the data and understand the picture. Absolutely. Thank you both. That was great. So, so the analogy, Jared, that we've <laughs> used for this combination is, um, is that, you know, availability when it comes to clinical in particular, I think we've done a nice job of going out and, you know, creating a lot of endpoints. What I would call in my analogy, you know, we've been drilling for oil and we've, we've found a lot of oil. Uh, and um, typically we've just exchanged that directly with the health plans we work with. So unrefined um, and unfortunately a lot of cases sort of less than ideal, if usable at all, data. Uh, what we have now with Diameter is a data refinery. Um, the ability to bring that raw crude, you know, into our four walls to refine it, to upcycle it, and to then deliver it back to our clients in uh, ways that that fuels their use cases. You know, whether they're, and again, not, they're not all created equal, right? If you've seen one implementation with a with a health plan, particularly when you get into the clinical workflow, you know, you've seen one implementation, and to be able to refine that data and I don't like the word custom, but to, you know, to, to be able to deliver it to our clients in a format that they can consume it and use it and plug it right into their um, business needs is, I think, truly unique, uh, a unique combination in healthcare. And, and for both of you, my last question I have here today is another, you know, another one for our listeners. Give us an overview of what we can all, you know, expect um, from availability diameter health, let's talk about it. Like you know, at combined uh, over the next five years, or even go shorter than that. Give us the next twelve month outlook, and then give us future. I'll take a stab at the first. Yeah, far away, Mary. Yeah, you know, I think it's building on. I, I think we will have accomplished what we set out to do in increments to that five year timeline. Um, in terms of what we described as our disruption. Um, they, we, those are audacious goals, um, but I do think we're positioned to tackle them. Um, you know, if we improve prior authorization, we have made our mark, um, but I don't think it's limited to that. Uh, so I think that disruption that we talked about is will be incremental when we'll measure that um, across the different points where we can show that ROI. Uh, and I think that will be accretive over time um, to really being disruptive. Uh, so I think the themes are the same, but I think it's the coming together and really making uh, together uh, a platform that is a platform for broad engagement um, that really is connecting the different stakeholders in a different and meaningful way across the healthcare ecosystem. Yeah, and for us, Jared, it was very intentional. Uh, I think we, we, you know, I don't think I know we brought we bought a great company uh, with a great leadership team. Um, so. A big part of our mission is to, um, you know, to build upon uh, what Diameter has already done and not to really try to change things up too much because they've done such a great um, job. You know, they will be our, Diameter will be our center of excellence uh, at Availity for clinical data, um, clinical data management, clinical data exchange, driving use cases that really require uh, clinical data. And um, out of that, should come as Mary described, right? Whether it's solving the authorization problem or the, you know, more accurate, actionable data in HEDAs or, or gaps in care, right? Helping providers close gaps in care with actionable data. I, mean, I think the, you know, the, the, the world is pretty wide open for us at this point. Really appreciate having both of you come on to share your story. I'm jealous of wherever Russ is. I missed that in the beginning. I know, right? 
you know, like, like, oh yeah, no, it's, it's Montana. In fact, we were on a call earlier today and somebody joked about, uh, you know, get reaching out to providers. Right. And, you know, it's one thing to connect to all the providers in Boston and whoever was doing the product review, not knowing where I was, is like, but, you know, take a state like Montana where you can't get out and visit with, uh, you know, and, and individually integrate every single provider. And I'm looking around going, well, you sure <laughs> you probably can't do that here for sure. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I Man. snuck away for a few days, Jared, and got out of the Florida heat. I thought I knew skies, but there's not even an inkling of a cloud. Like yeah. it doesn't even look like our sky. Yeah. It's wild. Um, yeah, you, you got rid of the, got out of the heat for a bit, huh? Um, yeah. Just me and the dogs. Nice. Lo- love to hear it. Well, hopefully you get some, some relaxation in there too, but I know you'll be, you'll be working the whole time too, probably <laughs> no one knowing you. Um, thank you both for, for coming on the podcast. This was awesome. And I uh, can't wait to have you come back on to talk about uh, new yeah. announcements and what's happening. Love to do it. Great to meet you. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Take care.